Hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. My name is Desmond. I'm Sam. And this is Nickel for Your Thoughts. And today's nickel is for our thoughts on pop culture. Just before we get started, you may notice that today one of our friends is not present. So Sam is actually not going to be joining us in this conversation. But we hope that there's still something in here that he would agree with and that we can all talk about. Hi, you're listening to Nickel for Your Thoughts. Uh, I'm Laura, and today we're going to be talking about entertainment and pop culture. Now, this is something that I'm incredibly passionate about because I probably spend half of my time awake on social media, um, just like anyone else who is uh, caught somewhere right in between millennial and Gen Z. Um, But I will give you a little bit of context on myself. I studied theater production and design when I was in university, and so I was heavily immersed in the arts community. Um, I've always been super passionate about the arts. I've always been um, someone who is very eager uh, to celebrate beautiful art and to find ways to incorporate it into my life, Um, whether it's movies, music, um, social media, um, photography, uh, film, whatever it may be. I've just always loved it. It's where I've gravitated towards. A couple years back, um, right around when Deadpool, the movie, came out, Desiring God published an article that sparked a whole thought life conversation in my mind. Um, And I loosely remember the title as uh, uh, Piper writing, I'd rather gouge out my eyes than watch Deadpool. And it was a very extreme (laughs) title that I saw on my Facebook. I'm not certain that that article is still up. Um, There's a Desiring God article that is um, very similar in headline, but not written by Piper, that is currently up. Um, And it's seven questions to ask yourself before watching Deadpool. Um, And I remember that sparking a conversation with my family, with my friends, my Christian community of, okay, where is the line with pop pop culture? Like, there are very clear instructions in the Bible, like, do not sin. Um, But then there's the other side of it where, like, there's a lot of things in this life that we are to enjoy. Like, God created our creativity. Uh, It's not a sin to be creative. It's not a sin um, to enjoy the arts. Um, But there there are lines, for sure, because... The content of Deadpool is the first, uh, like, Marvel cinematic movie, I think, that was rated R. Um, And so it sparked conversation in my life. And I've always just wondered, like, as a Christian, where does that line exist? How much pop culture do we take Mm. in? How much pop culture do we reject? What What are the memes that are okay to laugh at? What are the memes that you should not be laughing at? And I think some of it is common sense and, like, um... Yeah, don't don't act like an idiot um, and don't enjoy things that are like blatantly bad. Um, but then there's the other side of me who like, and I will say it and I will call Tiffany out as well. I love drag culture. Like I love uh, <laughs> the whole community 
like not RuPaul specifically, but RuPaul's Drag Race has been one of those shows that I have loved for a very long time because the artistry and it's like the performance aspect of it. Tiffany and I have bonded over it. Um, and I've gotten into multiple conversations with people who have said, no, that's like really unbiblical. That's like really bad. Um, but I'm just curious. Hi, friends. What do you think? How do you think a Christian should engage in pop culture? What are fun things that you guys enjoy engaging with that maybe are like dirty little secret of, oh, I really enjoy, <laughs> well, like my example, I really enjoy drag culture, but I know a Christian probably shouldn't, but I'm still going to love it unempathetically. I, I can think of um, one moment this year. Uh, I think it was, was it a Friday night? And my wife and I, we were, you know, we're on Netflix and we're about to watch uh, something and um it was like my choice and i was just like okay uh you know i don't want to watch that movie probably gonna go really late and then i'm like oh there's this show it's oh love is blind why not we can do one episode then that became three (laughs) and i was like and that was something i led the way in and i'm like so that's my person my personal confession out the game i do really love lauren and cameron they are so great yeah i um I am someone who doesn't actually feel any guilt for whatever so like whatever things I consume in terms of entertainment. Um, I just remember like last year or this year, my church did a series on like technology and like exposure in the world and called like you know entertainment whatever. And everyone in my small group was like going around talking about the guilt they felt about whatever behavior and then they got to me and i was like i feel no guilt about the way i consume media i genuinely don't and um i don't know i i don't entirely know if i should um i just recognize that i I genuinely don't like i actively organize you know bachelor viewing parties do i think the bachelor is quality tv no it's complete and utter trash do I love it? Yeah. And I'll watch it with other Christians, with other people. Um, I think it's fun. And I think it's good to enjoy that together. It's a bonding experience, you know? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the age old question, right? Like, uh, well, and it's in, and I'm, I'm, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember if it was Romans or First Corinthians. I think it's First Corinthians 10, although I can't find the specific verse for it. It's like, there are some things that there's moral questions about and like it's you kind of have a freedom to do them i think i guess that is the question we're asking today is like well where is the actual line and what is the actual right or wrong thing to do like uh you know deadpool is a funny example i always think of game of thrones when this question comes up like since we're confessing things so i love fantasy and sci-fi uh favorite books favorite tv shows i know for a fact that i would love game of thrones um, maybe not the last season from what I hear. I don't know, but like, I know I would enjoy that show, but I have two non-Christian buddies, uh, who, who said to me, they use the similar metaphor. They basically said, it's like, it's like porn, but with a story. And I was like, wow, it's like that much. Uh, and so it's like, for me, it's just never been a question. Like I couldn't, I don't know if I would use John Piper's terminology, gouging my eyes out before watching it, but I wouldn't, you know what I mean? It's just something I, I avoid, even though I really would want to see it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's almost an impossible question to ask. There's like, because there are things that it's like, whatever. 
I mean, does this cause you to stumble? Like, do you feel like you're more tempted to other kinds of sin? Um, or do you feel a guilty conscience? Because the Bible does talk about conscience. And so, Tiff, I think you can actually, like, you don't have to feel guilty about not feeling guilty in a way, right? If you're feeling okay and, and it doesn't, you know what I mean? Now, there's also, I think there's a verse somewhere that basically, I think it's First Corinthians again. It's like, but, like, you don't need to tell everybody the stuff you're doing because you'll cause them to stumble. And I think there's something to be said there. Like, uh, you know, if your conscience, if your conscience is fine, that's one thing. If others, people, other consciences will not be okay with you saying that, well, at least don't say it. And maybe you need to think about whether or not you do the thing. Um, I also, you know, not just Game of Thrones, like I love movies in general. And, uh, you know, so Deadpool was one of those ones. I, I avoided it in theaters because I knew uh, the opening scenes were going to be sexual. Um, but I ended up watching it on an airplane where they usually censor those things. Sure enough, it just skipped over those scenes in the beginning. Now you can still ask questions about Deadpool because there's swearing and, and innuendo and all that stuff. Personally, I'm somewhat okay with that, and I, I laughed at the movie a lot. I think Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess I'm always figuring out where the line is because, you know, some people might ask you one day, uh, oh, but you're a Christian. Like, why do you watch that stuff? And so you maybe that's something you should also think about. You should probably have an answer for that if, if nothing else because uh, if you can't justify it to your non-Christian friends and it's going to hurt your witness, that's another factor. Right. And I think for so long, I've heard the term, like, as Christians, we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think in my immaturity and my walk with God at the very beginning, I was like, okay, that means, like, I can't listen to popular music. I can't listen, like, I can only listen to worship music. That uh, means uh, the clothes that I wear has to be, like, a certain standard of modesty, which I'm not, like, saying against modesty like don't dress modestly but there were legalistic tendencies that my brain immediately jumped to i know a stupid example i can think of is ripped jeans for the longest time i was not allowed by my parents but also like my own self-conviction to wear ripped jeans because it exposed too much of my legs um and i can look back at that and think that's so stupid <laughs> that's they're just my legs when i'm wearing shorts what <laughs> difference does it make um and there is a degree of modesty where you're like okay well if the rips in my jeans go way too high up then maybe not or if the shorts that i'm wearing are very like revealing maybe not um but there there's so much uh, i think my whole point of it there's so much more of a, a blurred line um before we get to like jumping to legalism of thinking like hey you absolutely as a christian cannot do that because you're called to be in the world but not of it yeah i, I think one my line i think first off is like to not be a passive consumer is to pause mm. and as a Christian just ask like what what do I actually enjoy about this and to maybe bring a Bible verse to it is Philippians four four eight like like it talks about like a beautiful mind and like like what am I actually enjoying about this why why does this resonate with me and is that good because even uh, like one thing my wife and I try to do is like as we watch a show we actually like to talk about it and like what is what is resonating and what is what is not and even through my conversations with her it, it 
put a new lens on even how I think of like the show, like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and just different things that she was pointing out in it that I was like, oh, that's not actually good. <laughs> that's not actually uh, like the character Will Smith plays in terms of how he treats women and how he looks at women. Is, is that a, a person that is an ideal um, for a young man to like to follow? And so I think that's the that's my default, like not to be a passive consumer, but to ask like what's resonating with me, and also like what are then uh, what are the narratives that are coming at me, and are those narratives in line with scripture? Um, something that's great about superhero movies is that one consistent narrative is that true hero uh, heroism is sacrifice. I'm like so biblical. <laughs> so biblical um and that's something good to hold on to yeah one quick thought that you made me uh came up there desmond uh a pastor i uh heard him sharing something one time something about his kids i think at first he forbade them from watching the simpsons and then uh then uh, then eventually he's like all right like you can watch with us and, and the simpsons is relatively innocent by the way compared to a lot of tv today yeah right but some inappropriate stuff or whatever back then, maybe a little bit, it was a little bit more considered that way. But uh, but then eventually he actually started making them watch The Simpsons. Uh, but the reason for it was this active watching. So he was getting them to see something that their culture was producing and actually start thinking biblically about it. So there was a sort of strong intentionality. And you could obviously take that to well too far uh, of an extreme, but I thought that was a really interesting uh, idea. Yeah, I I totally, I think that makes sense. Like that idea of like, I think thinking critically about what I consume is important to me. And like, how am I making meaning out of the messages that I am receiving? And how is the person creating said messages, creating them? And what is their intent? It's something I just like, I like thinking too much about. Um, so I can be an annoying person <laughs> to watch things with at times. Uh, I, I recognize that and I'm okay with that. Um, that being said, I think uh, I forgot my thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say, Tiff, I actually really appreciate watching things with you because you have the tendency to bring things up that I would not have necessarily paid attention to um, within storylines. So like I have gone to the Bachelor Nights this past year. Um, and Tiffany is almost always the person to mention on the first episode of like, oh, um, X number of people of color walked in, um, watch, they are keeping like four of them for like cultural diversity on the show and then they're not going to make it very far. Um, and sure enough, it did happen. Um, and also, sure enough, the next announced bachelor for The Bachelor is a black man, which is the first uh, person of color that they've had for the man's selection for The Bachelor, not The Bachelorette. Um, and those are things that I would not have paid attention to, of like tokenized diversity in shows or using them as fillers, using people of color as filler space on shows because they don't want to seem as though they are racist when in fact <laughs> you get to like the top 50 and then they're all the same exact looking female or the same exact looking man um so yeah i enjoy watching things with you because you bring up things that i should be critical about that i don't necessarily have on the forefront of my mind i remembered my thought um i think uh something i have trouble with uh, like I've, i mentioned my lack of guilt uh towards consuming what i consume 
um, is actually interacting with Christians who are so um, bubbled that they seem almost removed from this world. I really actually struggle with that um, and with relating to them. I think part of it is I feel like I grew up in a very like non-Christian environment. Like a lot, my best friends, uh, like even after I like became Christian, my best friends were all non-Christian. Even now, a lot of my close friends aren't Christian. And um, I feel like it's important to me to be able to relate to them in their world. And like, I enjoy those things too. I can enjoy things that aren't created by Christians because they are natural. They're, they're people who are gifted and talented and like, they create beautiful things. I can enjoy that. Um, and yeah, something I struggle with, with like bubbling ourselves, it's like, how do you care for someone from a different worldview if you're never exposed to it? If you never encounter it, if you never learn about it? Um, and I think, not that I necessarily see all those things as that, like I do sometimes watch RuPaul just because there's a lot of pretty like dresses and flashing lights and like catchy songs that are really just not great songs, but I love it. But that like, but and I'm not saying that everything I watch, I interpret, but I do think like there's a certain extent where I'm like, if I want to care and love people with a different worldview, with a different perspective, I need to learn about that. I need to understand that. I need to be exposed to that. Like I'm going to a movie, uh, like a TV show viewing party with my friends. I don't like K dramas. I don't get it. But I'm <laughs> binging my way through the season so I can catch up, <laughs> so I can understand where they're coming from when they're talking about it. Yeah, and there's something to be said uh, about, you know, our, our connection to our culture, entertainment, or pop culture, or whatever, uh, and evangelism. I think Tim Keller, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Laura, the verse like be in the world but not of the world. So this is real this that's such a key verse. So what part of what that means is like you are in it. You're interacting with it to some degree. Uh you're not of it though. So I guess what that means is like you don't belong to it. It doesn't define who you are ultimately. Um but Tim Keller uh who's just a master evangelist when it comes to like uh urban centers, he in his book Center Church and he probably said it elsewhere. Uh, but he points out how some churches, their approach to, well, building church and evangelizing, they would just like really isolate strongly thinking, oh, the culture is bad. It's going to make us like them. But what actually happened is the people in that church ended up becoming like their culture anyway, because they never actually thought about that culture and they didn't even know where to draw the lines. Right. I I also think about... um like the conversation within churches about like stage design and lighting design and like flashy churches versus like minimalist churches and should the church have artwork on the walls or should it just be the communion table at the front and a pulpit and I think there there's a lot of back and forth of like oh we should not be worshiping the space but we should be worshiping the god within the space um but then there's also a lot to say about like art stimulates us. There are people who connect to God via art, who um, see like beautiful works of art, and they they mm. think I just want to praise. Often uh, within church circles, like you were mentioning, Corey, uh, we we try to um, become not of the world and very different and very separate. That um, the heart of the conversations is missed um, when you're talking about set design in church or lighting design in church and people say oh we don't want flashy like this is not a concert it's not a light show um 
but there are people in your congregation that are talented in this aspect that may have the giftings in order to purchase lights and make um, church look beautiful. And maybe that, again, has um, a draw in evangelism. I know a bunch of my non-Christian friends are not eager to go into a church and sing songs together with just one pianist and one um, singer, but they're more likely to go to like a Hillsong church because it feels like a natural environment that they would walk into. They don't feel ostracized and different. And so that there's, I don't know, space for dialogue. Yeah. And to be honest, like even in my like sense of even evangelism, one of the things I often use in in pop culture, uh, just to like help kind of contextualize when I'm talking to someone like that's not a Christian about like, what does eternal life look like? And I'm like, yeah, like when you put your faith in Jesus, eternal life is like, and you live for 70 years, that's like the movie trailer, and then you go to heaven, like, that's the full movie. And that makes sense for someone, because we have so much entertainment culture, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, movie trailers are like, these are things that can resonate with them uh, well. I think one thing, though, that's also helpful as we think about entertainment and, and, and discerning it well, I think is consuming it in community and conversations uh, about it, and especially even conversations with people of different cultures or different generations. Because I notice when I talk to older generations and there are just some things like they're watching in their entertainment that I'm like, that's very problematic to me. <laughs> um, and But vice versa. And I, so and so it forces me to think critically about like, what are some things that my, my generation breeds in that maybe isn't good? <laughs> That, it, that, that I shouldn't be accepting as a Christian. But also, I think it also gives me an opportunity to, to give feedback uh, to certain things that they hold that maybe might not be as biblical as they think. Right. I want to touch upon um, guilt for a hot second. Um, uh, Tiffany mentioned it. Uh, Corey kind of went off on it for a little, but I think we can flesh it out a little bit further. Sometimes you're drawn toward content that you just genuinely enjoy, whether it is a movie, a show, um, a art exhibit, a live performance, um, or uh, an artist. Uh, and they may very openly not have Christian values, and they're very openly not building you up, per se. Um, I can give my own example. I really enjoy rap. I listen to a lot of it. I also listen to a lot of trap music. I don't know how I ended up in those circles, but I did. And I enjoy the beats. I enjoy the like lyrical styling behind it. And for a long while within Christian communities, people would tell me like, oh, you can't listen to that artist. They are not good or they talk about xyz in their songs all their songs are about money sex drugs like don't listen to that person and i've gone back and forth with this guilt of like oh maybe i shouldn't consume this thing because multiple christians are telling me don't enjoy that but then there's the part of me that's like but i i do genuinely enjoy this this is the music styling that i enjoy like this is the content that i like and how do you weigh that for yourself i guess for me like I often I do want to take pause and listen to like what are people critiquing and and trying to understand um, yeah what what their critiques are of a particular show or a particular music 
and asking myself like do i agree that this this critique is is valid because uh, I, I think that's that's just the honest question uh and and being aware that i will have my own blind spots and so i think there are some things that i've i've paused on a little bit not necessarily musically but tv show wise being like oh this affects this might be a scene like i didn't pay that much attention to but i know that it it if like this is an implicit thing that i might be accepting and i might not think deeply about and so maybe i want to i want to pause or i want to be more aware in that scene in that show uh and so i think that's one thing but also it depends on why I'm listening to some of these things. Cause you're talking about some things you're listening to for like enjoyment. Whereas I think there are other things I listen to for like a specifically evangelistic purpose, uh, just in knowing how to like edu- in an informed way, respond to the culture. And so I think like sometimes that's also a differentiation. Right. Right. And I think that a lot of times in Christianity, we make that differentiation. Like I'm consuming this so that I can be a better witness Um, but I think the other side of it that I've kind of brought up is the part that kind of gets skipped over of the, I'm consuming this because I enjoy it. How can Mm. I enjoy this content? Um, knowing that my conscience is not convicting me. Um, but I know that my brothers and sisters are telling me it, my conscience ought to. I personally don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Tiff. I don't care. Um, this is my choice. This is what I'm viewing. And we have different standards. That's just, I, I. this is something I feel a little bit like uncompromising of it because I almost have a bias against Christian <laughs> art, Christian media, uh, Christian like TV shows. I just, I just think the content isn't as good. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it just is often so cheesy or just like Reliant K. I love Reliant K. They're Christian, but like, you know, like that's probably my my exception. Um, I think I have a bias against Christian media to some extent, and I just don't feel like other people should tell me what I should or should not watch personally. Um, I know how it's affecting me and I can make those choices myself. The thing that will stop me, I think, or make me think a bit harder is, yeah, that question of like, am I causing them to stumble? Mm-hmm. I think, this applies to uh, my friends who are gay and Christian. And um, I know that talking about drag and talking about drag race is actually very hard for them. Um, it is like they they wrestle with it a lot internally. And um, like I know some of them want to participate in drag, but don't feel that it's right. Uh, by their own convictions and talking about drag and how much I love uh, drag race and it's a privilege for it to be so easy for me to consume and like um, talk Mm -hmm. about that is what makes me pause uh, and think I don't know think about it a bit harder if it's just someone telling me I shouldn't watch it because they disagree about you know whether or not you should be like watching this like that's my choice you don't have to watch it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think people are necessarily saying that you have to only watch Christian stuff, but I think, I think the point is like, there's a line somewhere and like, where is that line? Yeah. I, I think the best that you can do is to strongly listen and, and consider and, and pray. Uh, 
but I don't know, like, I think like Tiff is alluding to that, that everyone's standards will be the same. And I think, and I think that's, I think it's good uh, in the Christian setting to, for everyone to like to discern a bit. So those that are, have a more of a legalistic bent that are like, oh, these people are doing the same thing I am and they're still flourishing with Jesus and there's still a cadence and a way that they're living that is still good. And there's people that don't really spend that much time um, consuming entertainment and they're living really full and flourishing lives for, uh, for God. And so I think that should also give us maybe a bit of pause and being like, do I think I need this maybe more than I do? And maybe are there mm-hmm. things to consider? And so I think living in that community of diversity, uh, I think that can be good uh, for us to, to consistently have to, to wrestle. Yeah, for sure. I just think of, so just thinking about some of the stuff that I have maybe a bit of a guilty pleasure in, like, I grew up in the 90s and love 90s music in general. Uh, I don't listen much to modern rap at all. What I have heard, I kind of despise. I won't lie to you. I know everyone loves Drake. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think he's a bit of an embarrassment to rap personally. Because I go back to like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Um, Like when rap was legit, like it was, you know, it was outspoken, political, um, really aggressive too. And so that's one of the questions I've actually asked when I listen to Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. It's like, man, this stuff is like powerful, like aggressive stuff. And it's, it's made me think a lot. Like, I just think about this stuff. It's made me think a lot about the psychology of it all. Um, you know, I, you listen to some stuff and you're like, man, like this, these are coming from positions of like, they've felt oppressed. They've felt like under the weight of, of something. And now they've got a voice and they're speaking, uh, so it's like powerful stuff sometimes. And so I think that's what a person needs to be thinking about. How am I affected by this? But they also need to be in a deep relationship with Jesus where they are understanding what the Bible says um, and and maybe even praying for conviction where conviction needs to come. And if it doesn't come, then I I don't know. I would, I would see that maybe as a bit of a sign. Now, if everyone's telling you you shouldn't watch something, maybe you should think about that. But I don't know. I, again, I go back to the conscience thing. I, I'm maybe it's because I'm a really open person, but I tend to want to leave it up to the person if they if they feel fine with it and it's not affecting them in a way they find super negative, not blatantly against scripture necessarily to be listening to that, then power to them to a degree, I guess. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it's actually a sign of maturity when a Christian can discern for themselves. Um, where their convictions lie. And I think that there is a lot, especially in early uh, early along when you're walking with God, that there's a great herd mentality of, oh, this person um, put a boundary in their life where they're not watching, like they refuse to purchase Netflix. Um, and so I'm going to do the same because I want to be seen as just as holy as my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's that mentality of like, okay, maybe I do enjoy watching movies and Netflix is a really great platform to watch movies on um, or Disney Plus. I don't have favorites, but there is a, a herd mentality of like, I don't want to be seen as the quote unquote mm. weaker brother in this situation. Like I want to be able to be just like at the same footing as my brothers and sisters in Christ are. Um, and I think that that has a lot of harm that it does to people because they 
end up stifling and quenching things that they're genuinely and honestly passionate about. And so I think it is a great sign of maturity when a Christian can say, I understand that listening to this artist may make my brothers and sisters stumble, and so they have a firm boundary that they will not listen to this type of music. But in my heart and in my walk with God and in my um, conscience, I am not convicted by this. I am. It is not causing me to stumble. It is not causing me to sin. And so I can, and as we're all saying, um, you have to be critical of it and you have to continuously ask yourself, like, is this a good path to be on? Um, but I can consume media and I can uh, enjoy things not and not feel guilt about it after the fact. I think one of the things that I currently live on is TikTok and a lot of my friends are like, Laura, stop it. You're spending so much time Heathen. consuming this. Heathen. But I enjoy it. I think it's so fun. I think people are really creative. And when they have like 15 seconds or 60 seconds to come up with a whole comedy sketch, they're hilarious. I'm here for that. And I love that content. Yeah. And I, I think also it's it's good to be aware that there's like, there's also content like that doesn't seem explicitly problematic that can be problematic right yeah i i remember like when i started um no I'll, I'll talk about one of my friends like one of his boundaries was that he just wouldn't listen to a lot of love songs it just when he was single it just wasn't it wasn't helpful but that's not like no one's gonna be like how dare you listen to mariah Carey? like it's not <laughs> like we, we don't really think about that but i think sometimes there's other content that you're like yeah maybe you you shouldn't i remember when i once I started dating my current wife, I'm like, I couldn't really listen to a lot of Adele anymore. I just really wasn't like particularly, I'm like, I'm not really feeling sad about this relationship. No, she's here. Love her. Like, like there's just certain content that are just like, I found it just, I'm like, I think this isn't helping my headspace and it just doesn't resonate in the same way. And it might not just give off full blinders. Like, oh, this is a warning as a Christian, but like there's some content like that out there um, as well. I think so recently I wanted to watch a documentary so I went on Netflix and I looked in documentary section and it was kind of hard to watch something that wasn't dark that wasn't about something that was super twisted super terrible and I makes me think like what's this fascination with digging deep into evil into very evil things and people love watching it um, I went on to watch like uh, Filthy Rich, which was like the expose on like Je Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I don't, I still don't know if I regret watching that, to be honest. Um, it, like some of the stories are stuck in my head and it left me feeling very like uncomfortable and just like hmm. sad. And I'm still trying to process that. Like, I don't know where the place for stuff like that is. Or, like, the Ted Bundy tapes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, I have a cat. Like, the, there's one that's called Don't F With Cats. Um, I don't... Like, I just... I don't want to... I don't know. I think that's interesting. Like, this fascination with really... Cro like, crookedness and evilness that... It's something I think in culture I have trouble understanding, even though I do sometimes consume some of those things. I personally love those things, like uh, <laughs> working on a Christian podcast, but my top podcast that I listen to is uh, 
uh, like a murderino uh, crime podcast. And I love listening to stories of criminals and how they got caught and all those fascinating things. But I, I will admit, at some points in my life, like I could not listen to those things because my thoughts were just uncontrollable. Like it, it just produced so much fear in me or it produced so much apathy in me that like I couldn't consume that content. And then I matured and my views on things shifted and changed and now I can get back to a place where I enjoy it. But I agree that there is this like really wild but deep fascination that like our society has with um, content that exposes or brings to light things that were hidden and are really bad. Sorry, I will say though, like even if you are triggered by, you know, content like that, it doesn't mean you're less mature. Right. Mm -hmm. So our time is kind of running out. So I want to leave it open for any last minute thoughts that you guys may have on pop culture, entertainment, and maybe our shifting views and our convictions, guilt, whatever you have to wrap up and feel like you want to throw out there as well. Yeah, I guess my last thought would just be, um, I think as we think about, I think in our culture, um, sometimes beauty is often framed by itself and devoid of morality or our culture like we'll see beauty but not really think about morality or or god and i think for as a christian i think it's good to like really think about how those intersect um as you're as you're engaging with culture like what are the parts uh, that do um showcase beauty and just even see how they actually may point you back to god um maybe not necessarily in content but in structure um like so not like say the lyrics of a song but like the musicality and just really trying to think about how those two um are connected or how they're not connected so it's a uh, and so i think that's a might be a helpful thing to think about as you're enjoying pop culture content yeah i think i'd go back in part to what des said earlier i really like the idea of active engagement and we talked a lot about that i think uh, whatever you're engaging um you need to be actively thinking about and and reflecting on even uh, personally. And then I'd also add to Laura, you, you talked about maturity a few times. I think maturity is also at times at the right time, uh, giving up your freedoms for the sake of your brothers and sisters. Um, and so, yeah. And so while we have freedom in Christ, there's something to be said about, uh, times when you need to give up those freedoms for a greater purpose. So one last thought to conclude this whole conversation. I don't know. I know. I'm so sorry. You listen to a whole 40 minutes of this and it ends with, I just don't know. There probably isn't a line that we can draw in the sand to say this genre of pop culture is absolutely indefinitely sin. And that's okay. Let's learn to wait in the gray together and to trust and listen to how the Holy Spirit is convicting you personally the listener we're so glad that you tuned in for this episode we hope to see you again on another episode of nickel for your thoughts we're not going to pay you a nickel but hey what do you think how engaged should a christian really be in pop culture <laughs>